0: Thank you for tuning in today, October 27th, 2023. My name is Ian Garris, and this is news from the field. Big news out of Arkansas this month as Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signs a law pushing out foreign agricultural landowners from the state. Act 636 aims to remove nine hostile foreign entities from Arkansas's largest industry. Those hostile entities include China, Syria, Iran, North Korea, and five others. The federal rule, known as ITAR, or International Traffic in Arms Regulation, defines these nations as hostile and limits the export of American goods that could be weaponized by these potential enemies. Now, this is very interesting because by barring these nations from owning land in Arkansas, Governor Huckabee Sanders formally recognizes that agricultural land, seeds, genetic research, and other technologies as having the potential to be weaponized against American farms and people. The first target of the Arkansas administration is Syngenta, a Chinese-owned agri company must give up holdings and sell 160 acres in northeast Arkansas. This subsidiary of ChemChina, a Chinese state-owned entity, specializes in seed research and is named by the Department of Defense as posing a clear threat to the American people. Huckabee Sanders announced the measure in a press briefing on October 17th, stating that seeds are technology and made profound accusations regarding the systematic theft of American technology by Chinese citizens working in Arkansas. The story has made many waves as Americans have been decrying foreign land ownership for years, and these accusations by the governor's office have come as a relief to some. Legal proceedings will likely take a few years, but we will watch and report any updates along the way and hope that more leaders will follow suit to protect American interests and agricultural industries. Continuing with global agricultural politics and the weaponization of food, we turn to the Middle East. As you all know, Hamas, an Islamic terror group in Palestine, carried out an attack on the secular state of Israel last week, resulting in the death of up to 1,400 people, mostly civilians. In retaliation to the Hamas attacks, Israel carried out counterattacks on the Gaza Strip, home to some 2.3 million Palestinians, via aerial bombing in preparation for an eventual ground invasion. Israel has cut off services like electricity and water, as well as imports of fuel and food to the Palestinian people. As a result, 2 million Palestinians in the Gaza Strip appear to be at near-fatal risk of starvation or dehydration. While the UN Blue Helmets are permitted to provide humanitarian aid, on average, only 20 trucks arise in the Gaza Strip daily. That's 20 aid trucks for 2 million people. Now, before making any absolute moral claims about the strategy of cutting off necessary resources, I must acknowledge the vast amount of propaganda coming from both sides of this conflict. We know for certain that Israel has cut Gaza off from water, food, electricity, fuel, and the internet. They and the Palestinians have confirmed this multiple times. As to the severity of shortages, we cannot be sure. Most Western news outlets have been warning us that thousands of Palestinians are 48 hours away from death as supplies run low. However, I have seen variations of this headline daily for the last 17 days. We are aware that Hamas has leverage over the civilian population and has been known to maintain their own stores of fuel, water, and food, dispensing them out as needed. With that, we do acknowledge not only the necessity of food sovereignty, that is, freedom from enemy supply chains inside and outside of a people's border, it is a reminder that food can be a weapon or a tool. As we see food weaponized to put civilians at risk of starvation, our primary concern should be to use food as a tool for the preservation of life. And that is where we see an opportunity for processed food to be served as a tool rather than the weapon that we so often accuse it of being. Right now, the Palestinians' primary need is for non-refrigerated, high-calorie, fortified foods— That means many truckloads of humanitarian-style MREs, bottled water, and sacks of processed grain crops. This could be an even greater opportunity for the Jewish state, a people wealthy with American tax dollars, to supply the aid to the Palestinian people instead of bombing them in order to win the loyalty over and against the Hamas mafia. Regarding this conflict, we of course ask the Lord for peace and the preservation of life for all of these civilians, but ultimately we ask him for the repentance and the salvation of both of these peoples, Jews and Palestinians alike. For the final segment, let's consider some much lighter news from the state of South Carolina. Ed Curie, the owner of Pucker Butt Pepper Company, is the madman behind the Carolina Reaper pepper, which has held the world record for the world's hottest pepper for the last ten years. Well, that all changed a few months ago when that same man broke his own record with his new creation, Pepper X, now recognized as the world's hottest pepper, clocking in a terrifying 2.69 million Scoville heat units. Compare that to the 5,000 Scovilles a jalapeno contains. Curie described his experience eating the pepper for the first time as one of having great flavor, paired with immense nose, mouth, and throat pain for approximately three and a half hours, followed by another two hours of intense abdominal pain caused by the pepper's chemical compounds making their way through his stomach lining into soft muscle tissue causing cramps. Well, goodness, we have to ask, is this part of our Dominion effort? Well, I certainly wouldn't say it contributes much in the way of human flourishing, Curie does express real joy about his accomplishment. Despite his wife dubbing him, quote, the world's biggest idiot, unquote, there is much to note about how many years he's put into this and all the toil Mr. Curie has exerted to create this new variety of plant. But I cannot help but to wonder if the Lord won't purge that plant with a holy cleansing fire one day. But let me end this program by encouraging you. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. May the Lord bless you in your stewardship of land and animal. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy this content, please look forward to our forthcoming podcast, The Men Who Stare at Cows, in which I sit down with two dear brothers and discuss agriculture and how we do it to the glory of God and for the love of neighbor. Check in again next week for more news from the field.